Hello, viewers, and more importantly, listeners. You are listening to TWT FM. We're here with Joanna Romero. Hi, Joanna. Hello. I'm so excited. This is so much fun. Yeah, yeah. Do you like our place? Yeah, it's like very cozy. Mm. There's crocheted, uh, what's it, a blanket, a throw, saying hope. Yeah, we cobbled like it. it together this morning, bits and pieces, but I think it looks pretty good. Very, yeah. I mean, pretty the whole spirit of the world transformed is DIY, take things into your own ownership. So <laughs> it, it feels it feels very much in the spirit of the whole Yeah, thing. yeah. Well, this is courtesy of Bristol Momentum or Bristol Labour Party oh, or something out. like that. So uh, massive thanks to Shona like bringing it. that down to us. And a massive thank you, thank you to Latest Music for letting us use the venue. Yeah, for sure. And letting us use all the uh, the bunting and stuff. So yeah. very happy with it so far. Yeah. So Joanna, your panel's not till tomorrow. Indeed. Yes, but you indeed. got up at half past six in the morning. I'm basically here to plug <laughs> my my uh, my session to tell okay. you all to come, come. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and mostly, if not exclusively, because uh, the World Transformed organizers very kindly gave me a huge venue. I'm shitting my pants. Is about it just it. you? No, it's Is not it just solo? me. It's not just me. Imagine, imagine <laughs> my narcissism would go through the roof. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would love that shit. Uh, no, I, it's it's um, it's basically a live recording of uh, my podcast, Red Hacks, which is uh, conversations about being a left-wing journalist in a neoliberal world or in a neoliberal media industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm very lucky to have three amazing guests. Usually, it's a one-on-one conversation, but because we want to spoil TWT attendees. Yeah, um, we're having three amazing guests. Owen Jones needs no introduction. And then we also have uh, Kimberly McIntosh, who is a columnist for Galdem, uh, and Simon Childs, who is the Home Affairs editor at Vice UK. Okay. And so all these people obviously have an amazing track record on left-wing journalism, and we'll be chatting. We also introduced a little new thing for uh, the live version of the, and it's our first live as well, for the first uh, Red Hacks Live, um, which is we're going to have a little bit like a question time type Mm of uh, uh, structure to it. So some people have been sending questions ahead of the World Transformed uh, and uh, some of them I'm going to read out because there are people who couldn't come. Others will be in the audience and we've already organized so they will stand up and ask the question. And obviously I'll be asking some questions as well and leading the discussion. It should be really good. My main fear is that it's at the same time as the beginning of the Navarra Variety Show. Ah. And I beg you. I mean, I love those guys just as much as everyone else. But I beg you, come from 5.30 to 7 to my session. And then run. Run to the <laughs> Novara Variety Show, by all means. Remind well, us what the venue was for the session. It's at the Green, st- green Store Door. Is that correct? Green Store Door. Doors? Yep. Door doors? I mean, it doesn't sound like anything. But, but it is you know, actual You said venue. it with some confidence. It's so not, not an imagined place. Cool. Gary um, Offset there was hollering at us to correct the name. But it sounds right to me. Green store door. Or green, green door <laughs> store. Green door store. Are you sure we'll figure it out? It will also correct for you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the session before mine is also really amazing. Um, it has my former employer and mentor, Paul Mason, who was the first guest on Red Hacks as well. Okay. Uh, so if you see Paul Mason on the on the menu, on the program <laughs> uh, on Sunday, it's in the same venue straight after. So you can just like stay very nicely put in your seat. and. Uh, Perfect. Okay. We're hoping to get Paul Mason on this sofa at some point. So we will Absolutely interrogate sure. him. Absolutely. Before or after that event. And what are you hoping that people will get out of your session? Who's well, it aimed at? I feel that, I mean, let alone the fact that we have a general election coming in at any point, but my main aim with Red Hacks has always been to have a genuine conversation about what do we do about the media in this country. And not just about media reform, which obviously is 
utterly, utterly necessary. And there's another session, I believe, on Tuesday morning on media reform. I need to check the venue, but it has some amazing speakers. Dan Hind session. Dan Hind, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. And Tom Mills, I believe, will yep. be there too. Um, and uh, so you should definitely go to that as well. I will. Um, but, uh, but beyond going into media reform, I really wanted people who work in the media to think about what can we do now. Um, and at the same time, what can the public, the readers, the people watching the news, people who do enjoy to a certain degree listening to Radio 4 Today's show, but also don't enjoy it because yeah. even without John Humphreys, there's still a serious right-wing underlying rhetoric in it. Yep. So how do we balance all of this? How do we navigate uh, a, a media sphere that is genuinely not very radical at this point um, and so if we can do that and certainly if we can have that in mind when we think about what we're saying and what we're doing both as journalists as well as yeah, average yeah. public uh, in the run-up to an election then I think we're already a few steps ahead from everyone else well yeah. I think it's uh, important isn't it, to uh, build up these sort of you know almost just having these sessions just as like therapy kind of thing because <laughs> You know, uh, so much of the pressure to sort of make your journalism, you know, more right wing or wh whatever uh, comes at a sort of psychological level, isn't it? It's, uh, would you say? Do you think it's like quite subtle in a way? It's just the sort of, you know, if you're the lone voice in a newsroom, particularly if you're sort of starting off in your career, mm. um, it's sort of quite easy to like doubt yourself and think that you're stupid or like out on the like. Absolutely. And also. Fringe. I feel like there's two things in, in, in media when you work when you work as a journalist. One is uh, you either decide that you're just a worker, like any other worker, and you this is a job you do, but as soon as you leave your work, you are Joe Smith and you don't do anything else. Uh, and, and, and you, and you c become politically able completely apolitical in a way you become mm -hmm. depoliticized because you remove yourself from that space that is very political even if you're doing the weather <laughs> at this point um or alternatively what you do is yeah as you say like you end up being very much wrapped up and either because there's a certain pressure to align yourself with your editors yeah. uh your editors will align themselves with whoever pays the advertising and so on and so forth you end up you know getting streamed into a certain yeah. direction and of course there's people who who go opposite ways who forge their own path and and then at the end of the day those who are successful in that way are due to either a lucky set of circumstances or to a certain degree privilege mm. uh, i for instance um have been privileged enough to know that if uh i could uh, for instance my first full-time job which was for the morning star which is a a daily uh left-wing newspaper i'm sure uh comrades might have seen the paper across in events uh several times and um I, I worked there for two years. That was my first full-time job as a journalist. It didn't pay very much, as a lot of left-wing uh, jobs do. Mm. And I was lucky enough to be able to, you know, have parents that I knew, okay, if by any chance there is a month in which I have something that I have to pay that is extraordinarily expensive and my paycheck doesn't reach that, my parents will. Or something yeah, along those course. lines, right? There, There's right. a network of support. And a lot of people don't have that. And needless to say... Uh, mm. Journalists who come from uh, working-class backgrounds, uh, people of color, women, mm. uh, older journalists who might want to start doing journalism later in life, who have children, dependents, whatever, don't usually yeah, yeah. have as many uh, as much availability as I do. So, where would you where would you send people who are listening or even watching this right now if they're looking for new types of radical journalism that are out there outside of the sort of mainstream uh, resource? 
uh, that's on the right. Well, TWTFM to Obviously start off. Course, yeah. right uh, answer. She can stay. Set your <laughs> uh, I, can you tell I worked in PR before I was a journalist? Um, Obviously, Novara is is an incredible source that we've had, and and I've known a lot of the people who founded it from from before Novara existed. Uh, so you know, it's it's an it's an amazing thing that they've built, and that we can genuinely trust with with incredible journalism. And then what I always tell people um, to do is to genuinely just go everywhere, but yeah. do keep a you know critical view of of what you're reading what you're watching and it's hard it's genuinely very hard i love listening to radio i listen to uh as i mentioned before uh radio for today program and i have to every morning no matter how blatantly conservative <laughs> some views might be still tell myself this is not the only side to that this yeah. story because you forget like there there is a you have to trust or you in order to not become a conspiracy theorist you need to trust your sources of information uh and it's easy to just trust one or two when actually you mm. have to trust by which i mean read and peruse a lot more than that yeah, so that's yeah. usually what what i would advise it it's some it's time consuming at times but if you want to be a politically active person it's the job you got yeah. to do homework um, and what would be, what do you think the interaction between that kind of individual strategy of like how to get on as a journalist right, yeah. uh, and the, the more sort of structural thing that uh, the other panel is going to be talking about, media reform? Well, there's a question of, of media reform, which, which is very much linked to a governmental project in a way, particularly if you think about uh, public broadcasters like the BBC. Um, and in that sphere, I think Tom and Dan can, can speak much better. They have a, a podcast as well called Media Democracy. They're very, very good at explaining really good. the yep. way yep. in which policy can have a genuine, uh, incredible influence in how we can change the media without us even noticing or without us even thinking that that would be the way um and and that starts i would suggest by getting uh, labor into government certainly jeremy corbyn in in uh downing street and we can go from there uh as far as a more individual journalist so for instance if i now was looking for for a way to to um act some change somehow obviously trade unions and, and the National Union of Journalists being the NUJ being the first point of call. Um, I have some critiques of, of the NUJ mostly because it's really big and and it's an old institution trying to renew itself constantly so it it in itself is, is going through a process of a reform and renovation and trying to keep up with an industry that is changing so radically mm. um, and so at times it feels like you know when your dad wants to help you uh, build something and you know you know you can build it much faster but you <laughs> still want them to help it's kind of how my relationship <laughs> with NUJ like I really want you to help me with this I know you're a bit slower than I would be if I you know if mm. I was an organization rather than an individual but fair enough, we got to yeah. bring that along. Well, I mean, does the NUJ, I guess if they're reflecting the majority of opinion of journalists, and at the moment, the majority of uh, journalists are sort of right-wing and centrist? Well, you, you say I mean that, see, but th this, is, this is a misconception that, well, it's not wrong. There's many people, many journalists, certainly in, in, in the broadsheets, if they still exist a broadsheet, <laughs> um, uh, who, who are naturally conservative, but that often comes from the back, the naturally uh, private school, uh, Oxbridge backgrounds that they come from, white, mm. upper middle class, and so on. 
But that said, um, when I started Red Hacks, one of the fantastic things I realized was I, I got people contacting me saying, like, I'm a journalist. And I won't say where they work because I want to keep their anonymity. But let's say it was someone working for a broadcaster. We can bleep it out. You know. <laughs> <laughs> someone working for a broadcaster uh, in Scotland. And they were telling me, like, uh, this was in a sort of a DM on Twitter. Uh, so if, if you find yourself in the same circumstances and you want to talk to me just to say, like, I love what you're doing. I can't come out because I don't want to lose my job. But, you know, you want to show support. I love receiving it. And it gives me and the people I tell the story to an enormous boost. Um, but, yeah, so this person contacted me and they said, like, I work for a broadcaster uh, up in Scotland and um, I cannot get public uh in my support for Jeremy Corbyn or even my support for media reform. Um, but I love what you're doing here. And, and I hope that if you find something concrete to organize, then I can get on board yeah, somehow. Yeah. And so what we've been trying to do is well, just it's, starting it's out. Not, it's not unusual, isn't it? I mean, most of us are, are oppressed to some degree yeah. or another in our workplace. I mean, you know, Absolutely. you wouldn't expect to be able to express yourself. I you am know, freely. I, you know what? Yeah. I've been really lucky, and I genuinely mean lucky, not just, you know, I know people forge their own luck, but in this case, it's really lucky because most of the places I've worked at, except for one, uh, have a union recognition and have really good chapels, which is what we call union branches within the NUJ. Um, just because they're often old school places of, of work. So, for instance, now I work for often for the Associated Press, and I never had to thankfully resort to my well I'm a freelancer anyway so my my chapel is not that one but regardless when I meet my colleagues there who work full-time they luckily haven't had to resort to their local chapel but they have a chapel and it's mm. well organized by people yep. who have worked there for 20 years and they're not necessarily on the left a lot of them probably vote Lib Dem for all I know and their opinions are pretty much in the center sphere liberal sphere right However, there is this, this tradition still, much like in certain under indus other industries, like uh, teachers, for instance, I can think of, um, where, you know, you belong to the union, you fight for it. Like, it genuinely, I feel like this is almost like a relationship in which, as the worker, you're like the partner saying, like, I'm really not asking for that much. I'm just mm. asking for decent pay so that I don't have to starve. And, you know, if you have a culture in which you have a union locally that can defend you are you a collective where you can fight for basic you know demands like a decent pay that mm. is perfect and and i mean having simon tomorrow uh from from vice uk simon childs um he was obviously uh, involved with the fight to get union recognition in vice uk and right, they won yeah. after three attempts they finally won this year in july so obviously that will be part of the conversation come on <laughs> exactly, nice. exactly, precisely. And having been part of the struggle to try and get the NUJ recognized at one of my places of work, I really give kudos to them because it's really not that easy. Yeah. So, so. I so you'll be covering that tomorrow, like the, that will be the, part the of it. nitty gritty process of how they won union recognition. Well, I don't know if we can get into nitty gritty <laughs> given that there's only an hour and a half. Well, sure. Uh, and gritty I don't know, if, I don't know <laughs> if like Simon has some sort of like one formula sentence to like, this is how you do it, done. And especially since it, it took them so long to, 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 it was a genuine struggle that they won. Yeah. Um, I doubt it will be that simple, but we'll definitely be talking about that. We'll be talking about bias in the media, uh, We'll be talking about what to do when you work. So obviously, given that Owen will be there, we'll be talking about what do you do when you're in a theoretically left-wing publication like The Guardian, and then very often you don't see your opinions reflected yeah. in it. <laughs> um, and obviously, we'll talk about uh, uh, just general uh, 
privilege in 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 the media and i'm really glad that the uh, columnist for galdem who which has been like a, a grassroots mm. uh, publication for uh women and non-binary people of color um is is coming up Ki uh, kimberly and and she's absolutely great and she also writes a lot about uh gender and sexism and and sex and dating so if you're into that <laughs> as do i which is another thing we have in common so yeah it'll be it'll be a good panel and there'll be plenty of time for people to ask questions from the floor amazing as well. very exciting and lots to look forward to there. Apart from uh, your own panel uh, and the ones you mentioned already, any other things you're super excited about going to at TWT? Ooh, you know, see, this is the problem, which is that I'm doing so much the next four days that I've looked at the <laughs> panel and then I've seen uh, the program and I've seen like about three or four things in, at the same time that I want to go. Um, I am definitely going to go to the media reform uh, session. Uh, there is one on wait what was it again on labor that has my friend sarah jave she came from the united states to another journalist um and that sounds really good and there's a few things about democratizing ah you know what i'll tell you what the policy sessions the policy uh oh, yeah. shaping sessions yeah. those are the ones i'm keeping an eye out in general because they happen every day mm. and they're generally about what can we do to steer the ship that is a labor party into a really radical uh vanguardist place that is definitely not yet at unfortunately <laughs> no, i wish yeah. i mean it's it's you know it's it's much better than it's been we're for a very there. long time but we're yeah getting we're getting there. there so we can see the light at the end <laughs> of the tunnel but we want to push it even further so yeah perfect well i think that just about wraps up for this interview thank you very thank much for joining us thank you so much us. for having me this is so much fun yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, I, you know if I show up again it's because I've been like just popping <laughs> yeah, in yeah, yeah. Like, back on the again, sofa guys. this is great <laughs> yeah, yeah. awesome good stuff yeah so uh, you've been watching TWT FM or listening to it uh, my name is Tin Hinson this is Freddie Stewart Freddie Stewart thank you very much for Joanna joining Ramiro. us Ramiro where you. can people follow you on Joanna, at Joanna Ramiro UK and, uh, and do and check Red Hacks yeah do check Red Hacks we have a second season coming up uh, in the next few months and uh, and if you haven't yet it's all on SoundCloud okay